Hello, Top Fan Rivalry followers. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. I got a new guest in the clubhouse team we've covered just a little bit, um, but we're excited about it. It's Wednesday. You know, we're halfway through the week. So we thought we'd bring in some baseball knowledge for you and just not let it like be kind of a dry Wednesday. Let's just make it happen. Um, for those of you in Southern California, um, you can put your canoes, arcs, or uh, boats away. It looks like we're going to have a little bit better of a week than we had at the end of last week. So, Rudy, good morning. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. You bet. We're excited to have you on. So, I, because this is just a an audio uh, version right now, I can see that you're, you're fa who your favorite team is. But please tell the people that are listening in your favorite team. Uh, I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh. Born and raised in Pittsburgh. I forgot to tell you that I have family uh, and my cousin married somebody from Butler. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Huge Pirates fans. Yeah. Uh, it runs pretty deep. Yeah. There you go. So how do you become a, a Pirates fan? I, I assume some of it's geography, but tell me, you know, tell me how you became a Pirates fan. Um, so we had a relative that worked and was a volunteer in the Pirates Clubhouse in the late 60s. And he essentially, you know, raised my father. And I think you you do really get a lot of the fandom through heritage in Pittsburgh, you know, with, with the sports teams just being uh, so much of the identity of uh, the people of Pittsburgh that naturally, you know, you do gravitate toward the Pirates. And, you know, there's a certain celebration of your first game and, uh, you know, in joining when I was born, the Pirates were uh, just on the upswing uh, in the late 80s and think that that was you know it, it catches on really quickly when a team is doing very well mm -hmm. and so you know i adopted them and uh you're oh, two hours from cleveland but there are no other teams nearby it's not like we would ever have a second team in that city so i mean you're pretty much you're stationed there and that's your team there you go there you go uh do you have kind of a favorite pirates memory or favorite something that has to do with either going to a game or just a favorite memory i do um so I think it's split between two or three things. Um, okay. the, the first of which I went to the, the first Pirates playoff game uh, in 2000, what was that, 13. Uh, that had happened in years. And uh, they didn't win that one, but to see the blackout and to see them fill that stadium and, you know, the energy was really, really crazy. You know, I was probably in the last row of the stadium. And, you know, even then, like, you really feel it. But, uh, when I was a kid and right around when Three River Stadium was uh, in its last season, my that relative uh, took me to a game and we were standing in line for autographs. And I noticed immediately like there was one player I, I you know grabbed onto, And that line was really long. And, you know, my uncle having been the person that he was noticed someone else nearby and he walked through the exit part of the autograph line and we get up to the you know where the table is and it's doc ellis and he starts talking to doc and doc remembers him immediately from there and you know doc grabs one of the postcards you know with the picture on it signs and hands it over to me and i thought you know, that i mean right there that was a core memory for me because understanding the significance of doc for baseball you know it just makes it that much more special yeah yeah i you know those memories the simple things like that, right? And you, you, as an adult, 
you still find kind of fan geek out when somebody even writes their name on something for you, right? Because oh, these are oh, yeah. people that you're used to seeing on TV. Um, these are people that you're you forget that they're just humans like us, but it's you fan geek out when you hand them something and they write their name on it, right? I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. I love it. Uh, do you have it a is, favorite player, really current is. and all time favorite player? Uh, I think currently it's Andrew McCutcheon, just because of you know how uh, much of a catalyst he was for those teams, you know, in the the you know, about ten years ago now. Um, you know, seeing the Pirates had you know have that brief but renewed sense of success. I think you know he really was the core. He is the heart of that team. And that's the one player that I will get upset with whenever they deal him to other teams because it's like you're taking the, the heart out of it. But all time, um, it, I would be really remiss if I didn't say, oh, this is such a hard one. Everyone in Pittsburgh is going to say Roberto Clemente or Willie Stargell. Right. But I grew up and, you know, it's just like I was born in, in the 80s, always Andy Vance like, like every always Andy Vance like that was the player who I had grabbed onto in that autograph line and I'm like I saw ABS and meanwhile I saw this line and it's like not gonna happen not gonna happen today yeah well it was it's funny because Andy Vance likes kid played for the Dodgers it, and he was you know he there were times when he had a, he was kind of like a Kiki Hernandez where he would get a number of starts as guys needed rest because he could play all over the outfield um but he was he was kind of a fan favorite and yeah. it, it was just and i think part of it was the way he was raised by his dad right he was just a, a fan favorite in in the community and it was great um and then then he came back for a for an old timers game a couple years ago um pre covid like 2019 after he after he uh had retired and he wasn't that old. He and James Loney were the youngest guys um, in that, in that, uh, in that game by far, not even close by far. And uh, both of them hit home runs. <laughs> you guys should still be lacing it up. I like it. Wow. I like it. You know, yeah. so. Um, Good question. Um, I'm probably not even the best one to ask because my dad was fortunate enough through that relative to meet Roberto Clemente. And I'm, I will forever be jealous of that. You know, that's just such a, mm-hmm. um, that's a pivotal moment for somebody that's a Pirates fan in history that so few of us ever, you know, got to achieve. And I think that that, that one's a special one for him. Absolutely. He was a game changer. I mean, being from Puerto Rico, being like, he was he was another, and I'm not putting him on the same level, so don't at me, people that are listening to this. But um, he was very similar to a Jackie Robinson, yeah. um, and you know he he brought the island together um, on you know on a baseball um, standpoint. He was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. He was one of the guys that I wish that I could have a conversation with him and Thurman Munson. I'd love to have a conversation with Thurman. And be like, okay, so how much did you and Jackson really not like each other? I just want to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just want to know. Well, I love those answers. Those, I get mad when, and to me, Andrew McCutcheon's is, uh, is, is and always will be a pirate, regardless if he goes and plays for the Giants for a few years, regardless if he goes and plays, I don't care where he plays, Philadelphia, wherever. But he is a yeah. pirate. Um, I hope that his body holds out. I wish I could 
continue to watch him for another three to five years. I just don't see that happening, but yeah. I hope his body holds out to, to keep him there. I share those sentiments. So, um, okay. So we know you're a Pirates fan. We know how it started. We know your favorite players. Now you have a very unique experience because you've been to a number of different ballparks. Um, you've been to several of them that, that have closed um, and have been rebuilt. Um, you've been to a number of them that are currently active. Normally I'd ask people, you know, tell me the ballparks you've been to, but we'll be here all day, um, which right. I'm okay with my friend. I listen, I'm enjoying this, but tell, tell me the MLB ballparks maybe that you haven't been to. And if you had a month off from work and money wasn't an object, Exciting all the fly. Yeah. If money wasn't an object, you had a, uh, um, five ballparks you could attend that you haven't been there. Which five are those? So go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm still yet to do, and I'm planning these at least a few of these for this year. It's Toronto, Atlanta, Kansas City, Milwaukee, Minnesota, and Houston. Those are my last six. Um, when whatever is built in Vegas opens, that will be the next one. Um, if I have a month off, I would go... I need to go back to Cincinnati because I went to do the ballpark food stuff during COVID and all the, the Detroit and Cincinnati are two of them because the food offerings were like just pretty uh, limited given that there was, they were still in that period where they were spacing out uh, who could sit uh, where and, you know, the seats are five or six seats away from everyone. So Detroit, Cincinnati, um, I would say, I'll go back to Tampa. I thought that's that got a lot more uh, bad press than it should have. That one deserved it. Uh, San Francisco, that's on the list. Uh, I've been getting bugged by people up there to go up. And I'd probably say for number five, uh, I, I'm going to say I'd go back to Arlington. Uh, that was a great stadium. Yeah, I, I did like that one. The they have a speakeasy in there. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And the boomstick. And the boomstick. That's right. Yeah. Don't don't forget the boomstick. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So I need to get a podcast together. In fact, we're going to arrange it in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to get you on a podcast with um, Food and Fitted, who's a guy named Philip, who follows you. Him. Yep. And I'm going to get you on with Val from Stadium Food Girls. Or Stadium oh, yeah. Food we Girls. We we message each other because she has a great page. Um, she's got a great. She's, page. she's really good with the the voiceover stuff. I just figured out how to do that, and I've been just putting music over top. Though I um I was working on a separate project outside of here, and I was like, I bet I can get people to like pictures of hot dogs on the internet. And I'm like, let me just take pictures of as many hot dogs as I that's how that started. Mm-hmm. And then. You know, it's like, I don't have a huge following, but it's like, I've got enough people that also love hot dogs as much as I do. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. This is fun. It's a good community. Yeah. I, you know, both of them have been on the podcast before we, I, that's it. I'm, I'm going to make everybody hungry. I'm going to get the three of you two or the three of you guys and gals together. And we're going to do a stadium food thing. So that'll be, yeah, that'd be so much fun. Cool. So much fun. All right, final question for you. Give me 
Let's assume I know nothing about the Pirates. Give me the 2024 outlook. Where do you feel the Pirates are going to land? What are you excited about? Maybe not so much. Whatever it might be. So I'm actually pretty happy about the the Chapman acquisition. I think that that moved a little bit closer to where they need to be. Um, I know that there's always going to be dissenters that are, you know, that want um, – they want a million, a multi-million dollar payroll. And we have a multi-million dollar payroll, but they want the Yankees and you're looking at a small market team. Small market baseball team can still be very successful and they can still spend. But I think as we've seen with, you know, uh, especially with uh, St. Louis, which is still technically in a small market, they can win and they don't spend like the Padres have spent in the past or the Mets. So I think... That helps us. I am very, very apprehensive about where Dave Bedner goes. Um, I would love to see him stay as long as we can keep him. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, outlook. I th- I really miss. I was talking earlier to my dad, and I was like, "All right, why we never replaced Kevin Young? Um, <laughs> that we had Derek Bell after that. I think I don't even know who we had. You know, and we've let little holes develop, but." I still think, I mean, there's still Brian Reynolds. Um, you get O'Neill Cruz back. Uh, you've got Cabrian Hayes. And I do think that they could fight. You know, we're probably looking at realistically, like, at best, maybe a second place finish in the division. At worst, we end up where we were last year. You really don't worry about things too much. But I do think it'll all depend on the pitching. And, you know, they probably win like eight more games than they did last year, assuming things, you know, stay fairly consistent like they have. Um, So I don't think it's a bad outlook. I think that uh, people expecting the Pirates to make a World Series run. That 20 and eight run last year was such a fluke. And it's like, all right, this is great. I started started going to Dodgers fans like, hey, you better watch out. You guys might only beat us three out of the, the, the. four games this year and you know i think that it that's always great for the pirates but i don't know i think you're going to be surprised and they'll be fighting and they'll be at 500 a lot of the year but i don't think it's necessarily a team that is going to at best maybe make a wild card run mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no i you know it's funny that you say that because everybody everybody looks at the pirates and they don't get expectations right and, and uh Pirate, you know, players are going to lose 100 games this year. Well, you guys boosted up the pitching staff this year. The Chapman acquisition, you picked, signed two starting pitchers this season. You guys can score runs. Hayes can score runs before mm-hmm. you. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, you guys have offense to put it together. You're now finding the yeah. pitching that's putting it together, and it's a young group. It wouldn't surprise me if you did make a wild card run. Um, yeah. Your division is, and, and this is no disrespect, but because trust me, I've been in some pretty bad divisions with the Dodgers over the years, right? But your division probably could be one with 87 games. I mean, it's, I, would you agree with me on that one? I would. St. Louis is reloading. Uh, the Cubs, I, year to year, I never really know. That's my least favorite team, by the way. Uh, I <laughs> saw in the question before. It is it is a thousand percent the Cubs because just no. Um Wrigley is like probably one of my least favorite stadiums that I've ever been to. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's just dark. I love the, 
the nostalgia of it, but it's just dark. Um, and uh, the Brewers, I think, are always going to be a challenge from now on. Um, I think the Milwaukee has kind of defined itself as uh, both, you know, a baseball town and they're not going away. And then I've, with the Reds, I don't even know what that team is. They're really questionable. There's a lot of things that I want to know about what's going on over there. They'll spend more money before we do, though. But see, what's interesting about the Reds this season is they can lose 100 games this season, but they yep. can also win 93. Yep. And and you really never – I've got a really good friend of mine who's a Reds fan, and he's like, I, I never know what to expect. Yeah. I never know what to get excited about. I never know what not to get excited about. And, you know, it just – it is what it is. But, it, yeah, it's – um, I like your division. I like the the core group that you guys have. Um, and I I really do think, again, baseball's kind of moved back to the 80s style of baseball. Get them on, get them over, get them in. Yep. And the teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox that are all built on the five-run home run, they're going to struggle against teams like Arizona, um, Pittsburgh, um, some of the uh, teams that are going younger, like Cincinnati, they're going to struggle against yeah. those guys because those guys are going to get walks and then they're going to run on you. They do. Yeah. You know, I watched Cincinnati play the Dodgers last year and it's like they do have offense. That's for sure. They're exciting to watch at times. They're also, I've been to Pirates Reds games where there's like one hit. So it's, yeah, you it's one or the other and nothing in between. Yeah. Well, Rudy, I love this. Um, uh, I, I love that you're a Pirates fan. I love that you have the history behind you because if there's one thing that I love about baseball, it's the nostalgia portion and it's the history portion. And I can go on all day talking about that. And you have that, you know, in your family and, you know, family members, that's huge. That's stuff that, that some people can't even say that they've gone through. Yeah. So um, thank you for oh, yeah. being our guest on Wednesday. Stick around for a second. This is, ballpark food guy and i promise now we're going to get val and philip on and we are going to put together a podcast where um the four of us just talk ballpark food and so that'll be a lot of fun i love but, that oh, life yes. goal right there that's a there you go that's that's the goal so rudy thanks so much for joining us and let's have you on again soon yeah thank you so much i appreciate it i'd love that you bet talk to you soon all right